Good evening, church. Welcome again tonight to Bible study for this evening, Tuesday, the 11th day of July 2023. This is the day the Lord has made. Again, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome you all tonight as you come into church, as we take time out again, as our custom is and will always be by the grace of God in studying the Bible, studying the Bible and reading through the intentions of God. Uh, for the purpose of our spiritual growth and maturity, that we might be matured in the things of God and be fully equipped to do the work of ministering the truth of the Lord Jesus in a world filled with confusion and chaos. I want to welcome you all tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I trust that everyone is doing well and everyone is being strengthened by the faith of God. Thank God for everything and his grace. I believe that tonight we are all ready with one accord, with one heart again to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God as we go on tonight in the studying of the Word of God. Welcome you all. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you again this evening for another privilege and grace we have to approach your ever-living Word. The Bible says the entrance of your word give it light and understanding to the simple. Your word says forever, O God, your word is settled in heaven. Your word says that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, these are your eternal truths. Lord, let your word be a lamp unto our feet tonight. And we might see how you are ordering our steps in your word. Let it be a life on our path that as we walk through life as your children, we will work in the lights of lights. We walk in the light of life. Open our hearts tonight, Lord. Grant us understanding that we may have the victory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Everybody help me, amen. Now, as I go on tonight, I speak the peace of God into the life of everyone listening to me now. I speak the healing power of God into that home. The atmosphere in which the sound of my voice is being heard shall be filled and packed with faith. The atmosphere and, and the heart and the ears that are hearing the word of God tonight will be packed with love. Hatred dissipates. Unbelief disappears. Faith will rise up. Impossibility disappears. We call on the things that God 
as ordained to be in our lives. We call them for to be. We call for grace. We call for faith. Faith in the home. Faith in our hearts. Faith in our lives. And walk in the righteousness of God. Thank you, Father, because your angels are around. They encamp now. We are, we are conscious of the encampment of angels watching over us. None of us will dash our feet against a stone. Our pathway is full of life and light. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 5. We have been studying the book of Ephesians for some time now, and I don't know how long more we have. But we'll stay in there for as long as we need to stay. As a pressing tonight from where we stopped in the last class, I want to lay a, a, few, a few thoughts. Uh, remember the context of the book of Ephesians because context in, in Bible studies matter. By context, we mean the surrounding story, the, the background story, the purpose of the writing, the issues being addressed, the matters being spoken about, the, 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 the prevailing circumstance on which the, the letter was written will help in proper biblical interpretation. For instance, you cannot fully study the book of Corinthians without knowing the background story of the Corinthian church. The Apostle Paul wrote to address specific problems or challenges the church in Corinth were facing. In any case, there is nothing new under the heavens. What has been is what will be and what shall be. So whatever is true in their situation is also true in ours as we open ourselves to be, to be taught of the Lord. Now, the context of the book of Ephesians is a, is, a, is a slight drifting away from the love of God. The slight drifting away from the understanding of the call and the power in the redemptive call of God. In the church in Ephesus, they were, they, were, they were born again, um, but they were allowing certain misunderstanding to deviate or cause them to look away from the true picture of the family of God. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to, to steer them back to track. Now remember that early church was predominantly Jewish. And this position has been shown us from the past. And so there's this, there's this dichotomy between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. And you find that in the early church, there was this struggle between even the apostles to, to wholly welcome the non-Jewish um, um, converts. You know, this argument raised a lot of concerns to the point that even when the Lord in Acts 10 revealed to Peter that he mustn't call what he has cleansed unclean by showing him the vessel from heaven containing all kinds of unclean animals. Remember, God warned them in the First Testament not to eat unclean animals. But now in the New Testament, 
by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, that which was unclean now has been made clean. Praise God. When men, no matter how they come, when they put faith in the Lord Jesus in the sacrifice of the cross and acknowledge their sins and yield to God, they're saved. But this was difficult for the Jewish believers to accept. In any case, God had accepted them already as part of the church. In Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus gave the marching order. Go into the whole world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. John 3, 16, 17, he says, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But whosoever believeth not is condemned already. Praise God. So God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For he that believeth shall be saved. And he that do not shall be damned. In Acts 1, verse 8, it says, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. Now, this truth never dawned on them. And that's the reason in Acts 10 and 11, the church in Jerusalem accused Peter of going to the Gentiles for even to eat. But Peter rehearsed the story. He said, why are you blaming me? God revealed to me. And I went there and while I was preaching to them, the Holy Ghost fell on them just as he came on us. And the brethren that went with me uh, were witnesses. So when God accepts people by faith through genuine repentance, they become part of the body of Christ. And that's how we also became part of the body of Christ. Because we put our faith in Christ Jesus and were redeemed and saved, having repented of our sins and turned to him. But in this church, there was this problem. And Paul wrote to them, said, hey, 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 folks, yeah, don't, 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 don't be distracted because there's more ahead. You are just beginning the journey. There is more ahead. There's more, there's more. There's, there, there are dangers, there are pitfalls. There's an enemy ahead waiting for you to fail. And if you don't put your acts together, you will, you will open yourself to him. Remember he said, when, when he was ending the letter, he said, he said, he says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wilds, the wilds, the wilds, the wilds. Because there are wilds ahead. Wilds means trickery. If you don't come to quick maturity, you will not be firm enough in your ground to identify his tricks, his wilds, and his deception. You see that? And so it applies to us today. We had, we had, we had, we had better quickly buckled up and, and prepare for, for the journey because there are wilds, there are pitfalls, there are pitfalls that Satan has is, is laying, but God wants us to mature and be able to avert it. But understanding the word of God gives us the, the strength to overcome his tricks and identify them. 
I was watching a movie which I recommend for us to watch. It's called The Pilgrim's Progress. Now, this this pilgrim or pilgrims, one one's name was Faithful or Christian or something. I watched the movie, but it's interesting, and I, I recommend the movie to us. Why is this important? Because we are in the last days. You know, sometimes it's often said that people don't know the value of what they have until it's lost. But God wants you and I to know the value of our redemption so we can appreciate him and find rest in it. Let me pick up this evening from Ephesians chapter 1. What exactly do we have? You know, sometimes we just, as believers, we think, we think, you know, being, being Christians is just... It's just nothing. Maybe it's just one of those things. No, it is not one of those things. It's our very life. It's the highest gift of God that you, that you cherish. If, if redemption is all you have upon this earth, it's worth holding. It's worth thanking God for. It's worth relying on God for. Ephesians 1 this evening, I'll be reading through through the, the, the NLG and the Amplified and, and, and KJV translation Bible, um, whichever my, my, my hand finds a little first. Let's, let's turn to Ephesians 1 tonight. Ephesians 1 tonight. Ephesians 1. I'm going to read verse 3. Verse 3 of Ephesians 1. It says, Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ? Now, the believer must know that you have a spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So there's the blessing we have in Christ that Satan has lost. That's why he's doing everything to lay wires, to trick us out of it. But we must do everything in the world to stay. Because he is spiritual, but he's Satan. He's a spirit being. He sees the blessing in the spirit realm. But we being, 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 being more, more, more aware in the soulish and the physical realm, we are not able to appreciate that blessing like Satan will see it and know it. So he does everything to limit our attention on the earth. Trying to distract us from the real spiritual blessing. So to say, I have God's eternal and most valuable possession and gift in redemption, which Satan has lost. Amen tonight. So we have these blessings, and we and we can't really see it with our eyes now. But, but, but he can see it, and that's why he's fighting tooth and nail to distract you or make you think it is worthless. You see, in Luke 4, in Luke 3, in Matthew 4, he came to tempt Jesus. And he would give everything for you to lose it. And because we are so, we are so stolen, we are so, we are so, we are so fleshy. We are, we, are, we, are, we are too much in tune with the flesh. What we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, the things we see, the things we hear, the things we feel. But 
the true blessing is in the spirit. And so, because he knows we are so much in tune with the soul and the body, he uses those things as wiles, bait, and his tricks. And tonight, I'm trying to show you as we go in this study that there is more we have than we know. And unfortunately, those in the spiritual realm, that is angels and demons and Satan, they know it. That's why Hebrews would say, it says, it says, it says, for we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. That means there are people who have gone ahead of us that are now seeing the reality, but now they are cheering us on to continue in the faith, that we not be slothful, but let us be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. What promise? Not house, not car, but the promise of eternal salvation. So we have this pressure. Tell me again this evening to Second Peter chapter 1, quickly. 2 Peter 1, and, and as, as you turn there, remember all the temptation he brought to Jesus was for this flesh. The first one is, if you are the son of God, turn stone to bread. Use what you have to get what you want. But thanks be to God, that our Lord overcame him by the word. That's the reason we need to be grounded in the word of God. Listen, folks. True strength to continue in faith is not gotten by anything on the earth. It is only the word of God you keep in your heart. And Jesus replied to him, he says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, sometimes you think that you live by bread. Sometimes you live, you think that 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 for you to, to be successful on earth, you must have everything you need. Yeah, those things are good, but that's not what sustains you. That's not what you live by. You only live by the word of God. You may have everything the world can offer, and yet you are eternally empty. He said to him, jump from the pinnacle, for it is written, imagine, he's even quoting scriptures. Now, if Satan gives you scripture, you know you finish it, because you think it's scripture. But just knowing scripture is not enough. You will be able to compare scriptures with scripture and interpret scriptures in the light of scriptures. For scriptures taken out of context will kill. For the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. And the life the spirit gives is gotten from the word of God. So don't just use one scripture out of context like Satan is trying to use it here. And most times, most of the deception of our time is people using scriptures out of context. He told him, he said, look, look, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. Does it sound like the same thing he's doing today? Absolutely. That's why you find it in our world. People use, you know, you know, you know, when, 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 when they buy new cars or they live in a flashy apartment or, or, or they sleep in a, in a, in a trash hotel, they feel that this is the height of the blessings of God. No, folks, Satan can give that too. And he gives it very quickly without even labor. So we must be careful of the tricks of Satan and hold on to our truth. Now, why is this being said? So that you can know and be able to speak to others. They can be free. First Peter 2, verse, 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 verse 2, Peter, 
um, 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Now, sometimes, as believers, you know, if we don't know this, we'll, we'll, we'll almost be frustrated. We'll be looking, you know, for, for, for validation in things. God will give you things. But your validation is not in things, it's in God. And if you follow God, you will get those things and you will know the mercy and the goodness of God. David said, I was young and now I'm old. I have never, never seen the righteous forsaken. Folks, the righteous cannot be forsaken. Even when men forsake you, the Lord will stand for you. So there's no basis for compromise to get things and think I will come back to God. In any case, God will not reject me. No, stay in lane. You have the real blessings of God. I read from verse 3 of 2 Peter 1. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a good life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of this, of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape. The world, see, both you have escaped. You might think you are trapped. No. Satan will make us think we are trapped. We make us feel we are not, we are not, we are not, you know, we, we aren't enjoying life. We, we make us feel we are not cruising, that we'll be trapped. No. Really, we are the ones that are really free. It is those that think they are free in sin, free to indulge in the flesh that are truly trapped. When devil says anything, it's like we have escaped. And if we have escaped, then he's coming for you. And therefore, you must be watchful now. I'm saying this because I'm going somewhere tonight with the thoughts of the possible for the church so we can focus. You know, sometimes, most times, it sells believers in life. And how long will you continue serving God? See your mates, they, they cut corners. They, they, they just compromise a little. Even, even see, look at them too. You have some friends who are Christians. No, no, no. True believers live like Christ. Some, some, let's do, thank you Lord, this tonight. Let's turn to Psalm 100. Let me get it tonight as we make progress. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 124. 124. I'll read from verse 1. Well, I'm going to verse 7, but, but let's read from, from verse 1 to make sense. Why? So you know what you have. And you know the reason is after what you have. Verse 1. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord on our side, when men rose up against us, then they, they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who had not given us a prey to the feet. Our soul is escaped. Hallelujah. I love that. So don't say, my soul is escaped. And do you know that no hunter will love a bird that escapes from his trap? He will seek again to entrap that bird. But for now, we have escaped. And thanks be to God that God is watching over his word. And therefore, you must cherish your freedom in Christ. Hallelujah tonight. Glory to God. 
So why is Satan trying to trick us? Why is he after us? Because we have something he has eternally loved. And so he's creating counterfeit to distract us. But now the issue is this distraction is coming from quarters you will never expect. And that's why God wants our eyes opened. Satan was distracting the church in Ephesus. They were, they were having intra, intra, intrapersonal squabbles. The purpose is to get their focus off his streets. He says, for we are not in of his devices, for, for his wires, his streak, and his strategies are aimed at our soul. Amen tonight. There is something we have that he has lost eternally and is vengefully coming against us to distract us. Now, you know, sometimes we think that once we come to a church setting or people, people profess Jesus, then, then there are friends. No, folks, 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 we get it tonight. Not everyone that mouths Jesus is of him. Except the one that is doing his will. And by their fruit ye shall know them. Now listen to me. You know, there was a day they saw one disciple who was not with them. But what was he doing? He was casting out devils and preaching the gospel of repentance. And the disciple says, Master, let go and stop. He said, No, don't stop him. He that is not scattering, note that. He that is not scattering, but bringing in the kingdom, cannot be against us, can't speak ill of us. That means, that means, that means, that means, that means there must be the, 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 the will to draw men to Christ like life. The purpose of the gospel is to make men Christ like. So we must be careful of quickly letting down our guards because someone is mounting Christ. Now I will show you very quickly. Because somehow to us as, 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 as believers, we think the enemy is outside. No, no, really, really, his strategy is to raise enemies from within, undetected. And the purpose is to lure, is to, is to, is to trick, is to, is to, is to, is to keep our focus from him. Galatians 3 verse 1, it says to them, O ye wise Galatians, O ye introspective Galatians, is that what he said? O ye prudent Galatians, is that what he said? No. He said the opposite. He said, who had bewitched you? Who had tricked you? Now, this is very important. That word bewitch and trick is not, it's not, it's not, it's not just words, is using that word intentionally. Because you know when you read other scriptures together in their pieces to know that believers or rather people in the church are open to trickery if they've not learned how to identify deception. So who has pity? Who has bewitched you? Let me say a few things here tonight. Tell me about those two, the book of Revelations 2. Revelation 2. We'll read from verses 1. Thank you, Lord. From verses 1 and 2. It's interesting that 
the Lord Jesus was giving a report of the church in Ephesus. This was the revelation God gave Jesus that Jesus gave to John. And if there be anyone that will give you an unbiased report, a report that is dependable, a report that you can, you can be sure there's no error, it will be God. Hallelujah. You know, there are times that people run tests and there's wrong diagnosis. Sometimes there's misdiagnosis. In fact, sometimes there's, you know, they, 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 they put someone else's name on the test result and then sometimes it can cause so much chaos. But when God gives a diagnosis, there's no mistake about it. Let's look at the diagnosis of the church at Ephesus. When Paul warned them about this deception, they took him to it. Let's read from verse 1. Let me read from the Amplified. It makes more sense tonight to us. So you can get my thought. Through so the angel, divine messenger of the church in Ephesus, writes, These are the words of the one who holds firmly the seven stars, which are the angels or messengers of the seven judges in his right hand. The one who works among the seven golden lampstands, the seven churches. Verse 2. I know your deeds and your toil and your patient endurance and that ye, you cannot tolerate those who are evil. Now, mark that. This is the, the adjective used in describing. Now, I'm reading from the Amplified. The people that will be discussed now. He says, you, 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 you cannot tolerate those who are evil and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles. Now, now these are apostles for the evil men. That means the first line of deception for the church will not come from outside. It will use men from inside. And that's why we need to test every spirit. Now, the issue is, how do we test spirits? I have like four to five points on how to test spirits, how to test anointings, how to test calls to be, to be sure that it's of God. But, but, but see the word. They're using evil for apostles. That means they are evil apostles. Now, let's, 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 let's go on. He says... Those that call themselves apostles, special messengers, and personally chosen representatives of Christ, and in fact, now, in fact, are not, and have found them to be liars and impostors. So in the end times, there will be separate impostors. And, and because of the apostles, we are called and one to be on time. Why? Because of what we have. Because of the blessing and the redemption we have in Christ. That's what the apostles want to snatch. That's what they are yielding themselves to as instruments of Satan. Now, now, we cannot be righteous. We cannot be fairer than the Spirit of God. Now, sometimes we fight these things as, as Pastor, is it, ah, these are men of God. No, 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 no. God says they are evil imposters by the name of apostles. Now, if they are apostles, then where would they be? They'll be in the four walls of the church environment. They'll be in the singing ministry. They'll be in the praying ministry. They'll be in the prophetic ministry. They'll be in every ministry that attracts men. 
but until they are tested. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this tonight because of what the apostle said. Because today in our world, we have so many, so many people, you know, parading themselves. But we must be careful of how men are followed. Philippians 3. And I'll take you to 2 Corinthians 11. Philippians 3, we'll read from verse 17 or verse 16. Philippians 3, don't be there tonight. Now, I'm saying this so that you, you can appreciate the extent of the warnings of the Apostle Paul. Philippians 3, let's read from verse, from verse, uh, thank you, Lord. From verse 17. You know why I was this with you? I'm trying by the grace of God to equip you with the truth so that in your sphere of influence, you can help people and rescue them from the deception of the times in which you are in. The men might focus on God so that you can be able to critically analyze and, and check for the, the truth that people believe and be able to lead them to righteousness with the spirit of meekness. Philippians 3, verse 17. Amplified. Brothers and sisters, together follow my example and observe those who live by the pattern we gave you. Now, that means there's a call for you to observe. Not just to follow. We have the ministry of observation to be sure we are not being deceived. We are called to discern in this end time. Don't take everything you see hook, line, and sinker. 18. For there are many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears who live as enemies of the cross, rejecting and opposing his will of salvation. Whose faith is destruction, whose God is their belly, and their belly, their worldly appetites, their sensuality and vanity, and whose glory is in their shame, who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. These people are not outside, they're inside. It's easy to identify deception from outside. Of where the problem is, is being able to scrutinize and find the deception coming from people that profess. Tonight, one more scripture. Second Corinthians. Two Corinthians. Come we are all there to Second Corinthians. Chapter 12. Let's read from verse 11. And then I'll take two or three verses from Ephesians 5, because at this point now, it will make sense to you by the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 12 from verse 11. Now... Have I become foolish? You have forced me by questioning my apostleship. Actually, I should have been commended by you instead of being treated disdainfully, for I was not inferior to those super apostles, even if I am nobody. Now, if you read down this scripture, Paul was making a defense of his apostolic call and raising the awareness of certain so-called apostles who actually were not doing the will of God. Amen tonight. Now, if, if our redemption is this important, then we must do everything in our power to walk in the light of the truth. 
And never forget that Satan is crawling around. You know, these days, when I watch Christian or supposed gospel music, I'm appalled. When you see the kind of life, the kind of character being exuded by, by certain category of ministers, it caused certain things to question. Because the true life of God will produce righteousness. We can never speak of righteous or right standing with God without right living. For right standing without right living is no standing. Right standing without commensurate right living is actually no standing. For when we stand right with God in righteousness, then that right standing is seen in our walking in righteousness. But today, you find many people declaring, I'm righteous, but their attendant life is so. They have all the words, they have all the vocabularies, they have all the charisma, but when you look at them closely, something is wrong. That means we must begin to discern those who truly are. But eventually, we are, we are dealing with false apostles and false ministers who just mark Christ, but their hearts are far from God. 2 Corinthians, again, 11. I read from verse 13. For such men, okay, let's read from verse 12. But what am I doing? I will keep or doing, I will keep doing, for I am determined to keep this independence in order to cut off the claims of those who want an opportunity to read to be regarded just as we are in the things of God. Now, that means there are people keep trying to place themselves in the category of the apostle Paul. There are people who are also preaching and are showing for themselves as means of righteousness. And Paul is saying, hey, hey, I'm warning the church in Corinth. And guess what? He did the same in Corinth, the same in Rome, the same in, 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 in Ephesus, the same in Colossae, the same in every church. That means what is happening today has happened before. Now it behoves of the church to watch and not fall free. Because sometimes we think, just singing to God, you know, it's all there is. No, 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 no. God doesn't take the singing and praise of men who are unrighteous. They can mount it, but God sees the heart. And we must be careful not to fall into trap in this end time. Verse 13. For such men, now these men are not unbelievers. These men are our modern day prophets, teachers, evangelists, apostles, music singers. These are the people Paul is pointing at that we must watch their life. We must watch their stance so that they are not instruments of Satan to distract us. Let me go on to see the For such men are counterfeit apostles. Now hear that. But the truth is that in the face of many, they are apostles. But for those who have spiritual insight, who knows the word of God? Listen, the height of spiritual insight is gained and gotten from your personal study of the word. It is not by revelation. It's by the express revelation of the written word. What makes you to be sharp in discernment is your understanding of what is your understanding of the logos. It's when you are done with the logos that you enter rema. Don't tell me there's a rema without you understanding what the written word is. For God's written word is the foundation for every rema that will align with the counsel of God. But here what it says here. For such men are counterfeit apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. 
And no wonder, since Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, so it is no great surprise if his servants, now guess what? When Paul says his servants, the apostles themselves might not even know that there are some of them, some of them they know. So it is it behoves of us to understand. First John 4, verse 1. It says, test every spirit to know which is of the Lord. For many false prophets have gone in the world today. And what is the purpose? Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, read from verse, from verse 6. So when it says, let no man deceive you, it's not talking about laymen. When it says, let no man, it's not talking about people who, who have no consequence. When it says, let no man, it's, it's, it's not referring to, to, to 80s. When he says that, let no man deceive you, is referring to people who have on themselves the title of teachers, apostles, and preachers. God has his own in these end times. But it takes diligence to find. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Because in this time, there will be deception. That's, that's what I'm going to tonight. And I'll close here. Deception in music. You find these ministers, they are so promiscuous. They are so they are, they are they are they are so ungodly. They are so boastful. They are so proud. They are so arrogant. They flounce. They are so extravagant. They are so lewd. They are so sensual. They are so carnal. And yet, and yet, they are the forefront of the gospel work. We must be careful not to allow men whose life are not representing Christ to lead us. Tonight, we're trying to you know, help our hearts shift from the conventional and the, and, the, and, the, and the normal way of thinking that, oh, they can't be wrong. No, they can be wrong. I too can be wrong. I deviate from the word of God. So let no man tell you that no man is infallible. No, we must guard, we must watch. It's better for us to be saved than to let our guards down. Let no man deceive you. Because there are many false prophets who are now in the world. Why are they in the world? They are there in the world to deceive us out of our valuable possession. As I close tonight, on Thursday, I will take a quick run on the verse by verse analysis and explanation. But I'm trusting God to help us see the mind of all has been inspired by the Spirit using scriptures to compare scriptures. This let no man deceive you is not the deception of the world. That one is there, but the deception that is hard to detect is that that comes from those that mouth Christ. But the ones that won't allow, we won't allow ourselves to be tricked in this time. Ephesians 5. I read from the energy. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these things. 
Don't be fooled. When a man says, oh, smoking is not sin, it's just the weakness of the flesh. Mark them. Oh, masturbation is not a sin. Mark them. Oh, sin is not what you think it is. Mark them. That's the same word Satan used to be guided. Has God really said? Ephesians 5, verse 7 from the Amplified. Or verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of obedience. Who's in here? We are in the midst of folks. Watch and pray. Guard your territory. Guard your heart. Stay in the world. We are in the end times. And we are in the times of great deception. Christians seek ye not yet repose. Seek ye not yet rest. For the battle is raging and the arrows are flying. But those that have the shield of faith, the word of truth, shall ward off every dart. Seek not yet rest. Watch and pray. There are many false prophets who have gone out in the world. I'll end with that this evening. First John 4. First John 4, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. And what do they do? They tell you everything apart from repentance. Apart from repentance. Righteousness. They allow you to dance, express yourself, not for anything acceptable. They allow you to give, give all you can give. They are allowed to do everything except becoming like Christ. Paul said, Let no man deceive you. Why would you let no one deceive you? Because of the understanding of the blessing of salvation you have in Christ. That is what is after. He wants you to dance it away. He wants you to give it away. But true redemption, true righteousness, can never be spoken out of true living or right living. For every right standing without right living is no standing. First John 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit speaking a self-proclaimed prophet. Instead, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many, many false prophets Many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. Isn't it clear enough? So it's not every singing meeting you go to. Because devil himself was the greatest singer, yet he fell. But those that believe in God will sing. But singing is not a sign that a man is approved of God. Not every prayer meeting you go for praying is not a sign that you are approved of God. But a man who God approves of prays the will of God. The spirit of discernment must be high now in us. We have many friends and loved ones that are trapped. I use the word trapped tonight 
carefully that God has to rescue through you. It's time to start praying and start studying. Peter said, sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready to give an answer to everyone that asks of the hope you have in Christ. Don't allow those you know be lost in the midst of a religious world. For now, you know that the Spirit of God speaketh expressly that in the latter times, many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. How do you know this is true? Because it's expertly written in the word of God. Everyone that studies the Bible with truth will end up the same doctrine of Christ. Tonight, arm yourself with truth. Refrain from believing every spirit. Begin to test. How do you test? We we'll trust God to teach us to make progress in this study. Our time is up tonight. But I leave you with this closing word. You are born again. You have the spirit of God. You've been prospered by God already in Christ. You have all the eternal wealth that nothing on earth can buy. Let Satan not sell you a lie that you are disadvantaged. No, you are not. He is. What he has lost through sin and pride, you have gained through repentance, submission, and faith toward the provisions of God. So hold on to your precious salvation. For it seeks to distract and attack it through false apostles, false pastors, false prophets, false evangelists, and false teachers, as we have seen written in scriptures. Therefore, watch and stay in the word. Let us pray. Thank you, God, tonight for your warning to us, for your enlightenment to us. Thank you for raising, Lord, our, our consciousness to the prevailing spiritual condition of the time. Lord, thank you for grace and the spirit of discernment that we might stay in the truth. And thank you for strength, Lord, that you grant unto us to be able to bring truth to all those we know who are trapped in religions of the world, outside the righteousness of Christ. All that we might save souls and rescue men and bring them to the knowledge of your truth that brings peace. Guide our hearts, O oh God. Guide us in us in your knowledge. We pray that you will strengthen and fortify us by your spirit that dwells in us. But none of us in the church at Oba and everyone listening tonight will be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine and by the sleet of men wherein they lie in wait to deceive. Ground us in the truth. Help us hunger and thirst for righteousness. For we know therein we shall be filled. 
Lord, I pray tonight you raise us as true servants who will go forth and bear the assignment of the master unashamedly in this corrupt and perverse generation. Let your truth dwell in our hearts and through us diffuse this truth. Prepare your people to stand firm in these times. Help us love righteousness. Help us hate iniquity. Let your truth find a boat and rest in our hearts. Oh, precious Father, help us hunger and thirst for truth and righteousness and fill us indeed with your love from your power. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God tonight. We'll see you again on Thursday as we continue in this build-up and be strengthened with all might by the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, folks. God bless you. See you again on Thursday by the grace of God. Amen.